What's going on, everybody? It's that time again. It's the Sooners Illustrated Podcast, episode 54 on this Monday, January 29th, 2024. Our final show of January, just like that, winding down, moving through the winter, getting closer to spring ball, things like that. Josh Calloway, James D. Jackson, Tom Green with you guys on a much better weather Monday. Feeling good? The vibes? It's not spring yet, but it kind of feels like it. It's like just yeah, it's weird right now, man. It's, it's yeah, supposed it to be a lot colder. <laughs> uh, I'm sure we'll have a lapse uh, in the weather before too long, but for now, we enjoy it. Uh, on the program today, got some portal updates. We'll get into that. Obviously, big junior day weekend. Colin will get more into that on Thursday's program. We do have some portal updates that we want to get into a little on the show. Drake Stoops balling out at the Shrine Bowl. We'll get into that a little bit. A little bit of NFL talk as well. Rare for this program. And obviously, we'll recap the weekend. For men's and women's basketball, very different results for those two teams on Saturday at the LNC. But let's first begin with the portal. So, like we've talked about the last you know two or three shows, the transfer portal is winding down. The dust is mostly settled here. But Oklahoma has been in pursuit of these brothers from Washington, the Hatchet brothers, Gary and Landon Hatchet. We talked about them multiple times. I'm sure most of you fans are aware at this point of who they are and what, what they bring to the table, things like that. Yep. Yep. As things stand today, Landon Hatchett, the younger of the two, has announced that he's going to stay at Washington. So Oklahoma was able to lure him away. If you listen to the show on Thursday, you heard me and Colin talk about that really the main candidate uh, you know, against Oklahoma was Washington, luring them to stay there. That was really the biggest threat to Oklahoma landing them. And he hasn't announced a commitment yet. But he's still hanging out there. He hasn't made a lockdown decision one way or another, even though Landon is staying. Guys, I guess your feel for how this is going. I mean, you would have really liked to get them both, obviously. Landon announces he's staying. You could still get Gary, which would still be a big deal, though, if you can make it happen. This is a guy who's probably a plug-and-play starter for you. So we're, we're keeping an eye on this, right? I mean, this is not a done deal just yet in the portal for Oklahoma. Yeah, obviously we discussed it last week, but if you could have gotten both as a package deal, it would have been huge. Because yeah. um, like like you said, the older brother, you know, he's a plug and play guy. You know, probably slots it right into one of those guard spots for you. Um, you know, he's got experience, started on an offensive line that won the Joe Moore Award. But you know, his brother, you know, one year of experience, plays center. But you, you've already got a couple of those guys on the roster who are experience there or have the ability to play there and you don't know you know where some of these freshmen might settle in um on the interior line too so you know it just didn't work out for whatever reason with the younger brother um you know staying closer to home is always the easy choice for Mm -hmm. uh some people but that doesn't that doesn't you know preclude them from landing uh gary and hatchet um if they can get that again I think it's just going to make them feel a little bit better about this offensive line rebuild going into the SEC. Mm-hmm. Definitely, I know. I know it's not finalized yet, so we want to don't want to talk, you know, too much like Garen's already at OU and things like that. But I mean, it's it's okay to finish second now in today's college football for a guy because things change so much every season that finishing second may leave a big imprint on if maybe he wants to come later on down the down the road. Like sure. you said, he's a young guy, so he's got a lot of time left and. As of right now, things just don't work out for him. Well, that's what it seems like uh, on the offensive line. I mean, it's the same thing with the McCullers uh, that are on OU that were on OU this past season. I mean, Sam McCullers done done great. He has a perfect spot. Everything's is there for him. But the other one, the younger brother, they just doesn't have this, the the spots for, available for him at the moment. So he moves on. I mean, that's just what it is right now. So they they they'd like to be a package deal, I'm sure. 
but you also got to do what's best for yourself. And I mean, that's that's completely understandable in today's age. And like I said, if OU finished second for the guy, that's where the case is. That's still a good position to be in because things change, man. And we, we've yeah. seen a lot of it this this season. Yeah, and, and I'm not as familiar with the Younger Brothers recruitment coming out of high school, but I know Oklahoma did recruit Gary and Hatchett when he was coming out of high school. Of course, that was the, the former coaching staff, but Bill Biedenboe was still mm -hmm. there. So there was a baked-in relationship there to some extent. So that has to make you feel, you know, at least a little bit optimistic about Oklahoma's chances since, you know, they already had that pre-existing relationship. And like James said, it's important to, you know, even if you finish second to maintain those relationships because you don't know when those guys might become available. Right. And like I kind of said, I mean, it, it, it's felt like for both these guys, it was a two horse race, either Oklahoma or they're going to stay at Washington. So if Garion is saying I'm uh, moving on, you know, from UW, you feel like that's probably very good news for Oklahoma. You never know yeah. other teams get involved. Uh, obviously, that happens in the portal, which we talked about with Colin a couple of times. Portal moves quick, moves quicker than high school teams get involved and things can happen really fast. So we'll see. Uh, Colin's been all over. If you're a VIP subscriber, you're up to date very, very well on that. And uh, we'll let you know whenever the decision gets made one way or another. But feels like Oklahoma's in pretty good shape. We'll wait and see. You know, we'll wait and see. It'd be a big deal, like what we said a couple times. Probably a plug-and-play starter at that right guard spot if you get him. So it's not insignificant at all. And we're keeping a very close eye on this. So continue to update you on the website and certainly uh, on the podcast as more developments become available. Like I said... Junior Day was over the weekend, massive weekend. We previewed it on Thursday with Colin, you know, about a thousand guys, I felt like, descended upon Norman over the weekend. By all accounts, it went great. Yep. This was really their first big recruiting thing without Lee Davis, too, who moved on, you know, the director of on-campus recruiting. Mm -hmm. No longer there. She went over to UCF. This was like their first big event after her. And by all accounts, it went fantastic. Oklahoma may have got a couple of guys coming out of it. We'll find out in due time. And again, I'll have Colin really get into the weeds of everything on Thursday. He's had just like novels worth of notes coming out of that. So again, we'll get into that more later in the week. But it sounds like on a very you know broad brush, generic sense, it went really, really well for mm -hmm. Oklahoma over the weekend. So mm -hmm. uh, look forward to getting that more with him on Thursday. Another thing that he's doing, Colin, has been the Shrine Bowl over the last you know week or so. It's down there in his neck of the woods in DFW. I think it's in Frisco. Um, and Drake Stoops is going off. Uh, guys, this is not really a surprise if you've, if you've covered Drake Stoops or for all you fans. He's not going to wow you, right, with his – he's not a big dude. He's not overly fast. He's just good at football. And, you know, former walk-on. And the game is on Thursday, so he's still got a few more, you know, days here in the actual game itself. But by all accounts, from Colin, from other, you know, scouts there, other entities that are out in the Shrine Bowl, Drake Stoops is going bananas, maybe working himself into a position to – Get drafted in the later rounds, obviously. That remains to be seen. The draft is still a long way away in April. But, guys, Drake Stoops is going off. Zero surprise here, right? I mean, the guy is cooking everybody. He's making things happen. Yeah, I mean, he he gets open. He catches the yes. ball. I mean, he, he had a you know 78% catch rate for the season, and it was even better before that, you know, the Alamo Bowl when he kind of had his most uncharacteristic game of the year. But um, – he runs good routes. He gets open. He, Like you said, he's not going to burn you with his speed, but he's shifty enough to create some space and get open. And we saw that throughout the season, um, especially the second half of the year when he kind of became Dylan Gabriel's favorite target after Andre Anthony went down. Um, he's a guy that just really stepped up, and it's been – it's been fun to see him, his development, um, you know, like you said, from a walk-on to, you know, career year and, you know, Oklahoma's, you know, best all-around receiver this past season. 
And it's it's just crazy the growth that he had over his career at OU. I mean, I mean, Josh can contest this as well. Like, it's, mm-hmm. there wasn't like high expectations for him coming in. It was just like if he could, you know, find some playing time and and and, and serve a good role, it would be a success. I mean, because you have your your father's name that you that you're really playing under and things like that, and people are saying, well, he's just there because his dad's the coach and things like that. But you know, you build that up and then you become the, the best receiver on the team, uh, especially for a certain stretch of the end of the year there. Where it's like, man, this guy can really be good. And now to see him build on, on the next level, which could be, you know, a pro level come soon for him, that's amazing, man. And, and as you said, he doesn't have the, you know, the greatest skill sets, you know, you know God given skill sets, where he just burns you with speed, doesn't have the height that, he, that you would expect a top receiver to have. But I mean, he he's found a way, man. He, he's he's gritty and, and found a way. He's one of the best route runners, I think, out there. I mean, you you see that. I mean, just mm-hmm. the technique that he has, it shows you how much he's worked on it. I mean, I, I know he had that. That long speech about how he's here all the time. He's always at OU and and working on his craft. And you're starting to see. I mean, it, we're not starting, but you're seeing it here at the pro level of him getting really getting doing a good job of it. So shout out to him, man. I mean, it's it's a great growth, a great growth, and a great career he had at OU. And now he can try to get on to the next next part of his his football career. Yeah, I'm curious to see if like he can do enough to like get drafted in a late round. Yeah. Um, yeah, at the very least, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to get signed somewhere. He's going to get a training camp invite. He's going to get his opportunity to show what he can do. It's just a matter of whether he'll be able to stick at the next level. But, I mean, he's proven a lot of people wrong so far, so I wouldn't count anything out. <laughs> well, you know, too, that he's going to crush, like, the pre-draft interviews, stuff like that. You know, yeah. I mean, like, coaches are going to love him right away. And uh, you, you certainly know whenever they go talk to Brent Venables about him that he's going to gush about him. So he's got that going for him. Um, yeah, I've said it before. It really is hilarious because, like James said, when he came to OU, now he was good in high school at Norman North, but there was mm-hmm. a sense of, like, that's cool. Bob's kids yeah. on the team. That's cool. Yeah. And he just worked his way into being a guy, and we saw what he did last year. He was vital, vital part of the team. Um, and now he's got a shot. And, and remember, Oklahoma has got the longest streak of any school and having at least four guys drafted. That is in serious jeopardy this year because – Somebody it's came back. Like kind of catch 22 because Danny Stutzman came back, Billy Bowman came back. But you still have a shot, especially if Stoops gets drafted. Because you figure Guyton's getting drafted. Walter Rouse, who's out at the Shrine Bowl, probably getting drafted, right? Andrew Rame, probably getting drafted, maybe. Um, you're If you get Stoops, you're probably getting it. So we'll see. We'll see if they can extend extend the streak. And like I said, Walter Rouse is out there, too. Those are the two OU guys at the Shrine Bowl. Colin's been going out there. Uh, all week long. So again, kind of like the junior day, kind of the transfer portal. Colin's been all over it. And so if you're a VIP subscriber, more to come. Coming out of Frisco and the Shrine Bowl as Drake Stoops and Walter Rouse put in work out there. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I know a couple like draft guys who've been out there watching them, and I was asking them about Walter Rouse. Yeah, uh, please. Just, yeah. yeah. And yeah, they were impressed with some of what they saw. You know, he's he's working out left tackle and right tackle out there. Um, I've heard a lot of good things about what he's done. Saw he got beat on some plays, but uh, overall, so it seems like he's making a, a really good impression out there. Um, probably a guy that uh, the the consensus seems to be. I don't know where he's going to get drafted either, but from what I've heard from a couple of people, it's like I would not be surprised at all if he outplays his draft position mm-hmm. um, when when it comes. Just because you know he's got a good build, um, he's. Got a lot of experience, really solid. I mean, he was Oklahoma's best all-around offensive lineman this past season. Didn't allow a sack, was really good in uh, run blocking. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm curious to see where he ends up to. I mean, he, he blocked two guys against Texas for the game with a score. I mean, it's, it's legendary <laughs> yeah. stuff. 
from him. Yeah. I mean, and we, we talked about that. I mean, he has, you know, we talked about his, his body and his build as well. I mean, he's intelligent. I mean, we, we've seen that a lot as we talked to him throughout the year. He's a very intelligent guy. I mean, he went to Stanford at one point in time. So, I mean, he's very smart. And I mean, at the next level, it's not just about, you know, your physicality and what you can do. You got to be able to, to put it all together in, in, the, in the room, in the film room, and really learn things and, and things like that and really implement, you know, everything that you learn in the, in the, uh, in the, in the film room there. So, just his intelligence, it could be a big help to an offensive line somewhere. I mean, uh, he, he's, it looks pretty good for him. I mean, he's going to blow teams away in the interview process. Yep. Like mm -hmm. we're at, when, you know, this week at the Shrine Bowl when he talks to people, um, if he goes to the Combine, he gets to talk to them. Anybody else that he talks to during the pre-draft process, the pro day, everything. Like the teams are going to be impressed just speaking with him. Um, mm -hmm. And that's going to go a long way because it, it, at the end of the day, it's a job interview. And he's got he's got charisma. I mean, we gave yeah. him the media war. I mean, he, he was great with us, and you know, he talked you know, eloquently about everything that we asked him for, about. So it was just like, he's, he's a good guy, man. Yeah, well, like you guys said, like Stoops, gonna crush the interview. And uh, I mean, he was a <laughs> he was a finalist for the academic Heisman at, at Stanford, and he was like a biomechanical engineering or something that like I can't even comprehend. And he's also yeah, a behemoth. You know, was a good football player. So yeah, yeah, he's gonna be. He's gonna be just fine. Tom, uh, what was that he was trying to do with 3D printing or something like that? What was he? You remember? He was. He wants to believe it was something about 3D printing organs, if I remember correctly. That's above my head. Yeah, I don't even know. <laughs> That's above my head. Um, but yeah, no, both those guys, you know, putting in, doing some good things out there, and we'll continue to keep an eye on it out there in Frisco. Collins been getting out there, like I said. Mm -hmm. And uh, NFL draft coming up in a few months. You know, we don't do a ton of NFL on the show. We're about to do an NFL topic in a second, but um, we'll keep an eye on the draft, obviously. And we'll, you know, got pro day comes up in March, combines next month. So these are things you can expect to get updated on uh, on the site and probably on the podcast over the next uh, few months leading up to uh, seeing where these guys land at the next level. It was kind of fun to see these guys off after you cover them in college and see where they wind up. Mm -hmm. Talking about NFL, segues nicely. I wanted to bring it up on the show because it's kind of wild. So yesterday, Championship Sunday, it's going to be Niners and Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Again, they played four years ago. They're playing again this season. Six OU players are going to the Super Bowl. That's the most of any team, most, uh, standalone, which was also the case last year when it was Eagles-Chiefs. Now, obviously, a big part of that is because the Chiefs have got four OU guys. Um, and the Eagles last year had Jalen Hurts, Lane Johnson this year. The 49ers have got Trent Williams. And Braden Willis, the Chiefs have got Wanya Morris, Creed Humphrey, James Winchester, and Blake Bell. Six of you guys going to Super Bowl. That's most of any program. Georgia has got five. They're next up, and a bunch of teams have like four, three, and you know, obviously two. This is pretty cool, right here, guys. I mean, this is. I mean, talk about a recruiting tool for Oklahoma to have two years in a row. The most guys in the NFL. Three of them are offensive linemen. Talk about all the time with Bill Beanbow putting guys in the league. He's got three O-linemen that are in the Super Bowl. Two of them are every snap starters. Wanya has had playing time. I mean, this is a, a, a nice little feather in the cap if you're Oklahoma and Brent Venables on the on the recruiting trail. And it's kind of one of those opportunities to puff your chest out a little bit, representing the SEC well, I guess here, I guess you could say, with uh, getting six guys in the in the Super Bowl again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, in, in this day and age, everything's a recruiting tool. So any, any little edge that you can find and be like, okay, look, you want to get to the NFL? You want to get developed? you want to compete for a Super Bowl, look at what, you know, this right. staff and, you know, like you said, Bill Bidenboe in particular has done. Um, but, yeah, it, cool, cool little feat for them. 
back-to-back years being able to being able to tout that so uh you know we'll see what kind of boost they can get out of that but it's certain i I'm, I'm sure it is something that they're making sure that all these kids that they're talking to are well aware of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's where it goes back to you know the program in it is a as a whole you can recruit off of the program as a whole because yes there were different coaches head coaches at the time of those guys you know playing here because Burton Venable's only been here two years none of his guys have been draft eligible just yet um, you you look at it and it's like, all right, you you see what Oklahoma has produced. It's it's more about the community and and what we were able to build, what our strength and conditioning yeah. programs are. I mean, all those type of things. You put all that together and say, this is what we could do for you. You know, even though it's different head coach. I mean, as you said, Bill Beanabo's been there, so he's been there. He's been the guy there for a lot of the offensive linemen, which has been a strong suit for OU in the NFL. I mean, you you take all that into consideration. Right, so it's it's a recruiting tool. I mean, as, as you said, it's a recruiting tool. And it, no matter who was the head coach at the time, you can still use it. You guys got an early pick? Super Bowl? Oh, Niners man. Chiefs? There we go again, man. <laughs> <laughs> Niners Chiefs. I mean, the, the, way that, the way the Niners played in that first half, I don't even know if they really should have won the game. I think I think Detroit – I know people hate to hear this, but I think Detroit lost the game. They – they yeah. gave it away, pretty much, is what I'm trying to say. You kick the two field goals, you catch some uh, a touchdown pass here. I mean, it's a whole different game. Don't fumble the ball in the red zone. I mean, yeah. I, so I have to go with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are just red hot right now. It's just like for some reason, it's like they look like New England back That's in the mojo. Day to me. Like it's That's just like mojo. they catch it right at the right time at the end of the year. So of all the uh, great former OU quarterbacks, Blake Bell could be the yeah. one racking up the most rings because um, <laughs> he's got his uh, eye set on another one. Pretty pretty wild. But yeah, it's going to be fun. Six of you guys, Super Bowl again. Uh, like I said, two years in a row to lead the charge. Pretty pretty neat for Oklahoma. And uh, I'm sure that'll find its way into a hype video or something at some point uh, before too long. The Sooners Illustrated Podcast will be back after this short break. Uh, all right, shifting over to basketball. Start with the men, Texas Tech in on the weekend. Talked about it last week. Uh, talked about with Colin on the Thursday show. You know, the Texas game was a debacle. Um, you know, we, we got into that. I don't need to regurgitate all that. But it put an emphasis on Saturday. Texas Tech comes in, a chance to right the ship quickly. They did some good things. It wasn't like the Texas game that was kind of, you know, a, a disaster, frankly. They had a nine-point lead with about eight minutes to go, though, and let it get away. This is a gut punch loss. Tom, you and I were there. There was another really good crowd. You know, fans were into it. There was a lot of Texas Tech fans there. I was kind of shocked by that, how many Tech fans were there, frankly. But it was a really good crowd into it. And it felt, like I said, with about eight minutes to go, like Oklahoma, they're going to get a big win here. And it just slipped away down the stretch. What can you say? I mean, it, I – where do you go from here, I guess, if you're Oklahoma uh, right now? Because, I mean, you you have 85, you know, at home. When the other night against Texas, it seemed like it was the offense was just so hard to watch. And this game, you put up a good point total. You know, the offense looked pretty good for most most of the time, and you still lose. Where are you at right now? Temperature check uh, after another tough one, another, another gut punch. Yeah, I mean, I, it was a weird loss because, you know, you look at the Texas game where, you know, the offense was just stuck in the mud for – yeah, right. Nearly half the game. The first ten minutes, the last ten minutes, they couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And then you go to this game, you score four, you score eighty-four points. Great. You expect to win when you do that, but you give up eighty-five. Texas Tech shoots seventy-two percent in the second half. You just mm. cannot, you cannot get a stop. 
They made eight of their last 10 shots against Oklahoma. Like the deep, they just took, as Porter Motor, Motor said, they have some players that took their foot off the gas defensively. Pair that with nine missed free throws. Most of the, yeah. most misses they've had all year is just, look, you, you make two of those free throws, you win the game. You make three of those free throws, you win the game. Um, it, it, it's just little things that add up to like just one big missed opportunity because you had an opportunity for a bounce back win. You know, it looked like in the second half there, you, you built a nine point lead. You made some good defensive plays, you know, Otega Owe uh, gets that steal and throws down that, you know, uncontested dunk. And, you know, just feels like the momentum's kind of shifting toward Oklahoma there. It's like, okay, they've, right. they've got their rhythm. Now they're, they're going to pull this one out. And then, you know, everything just kind of fell apart down the stretch, especially on the defensive end. It's a crushing loss. I mean, that that's the way Porter Moser described it. I mean, it, obviously, these players know that they led a golden opportunity to beat the top team in the Big 12 standings at home and kind of, you know, get get back above 500 there. You know, it slipped through their fingers. But, you know, they are optimistic just the way the, way the team responded after Tuesday's loss to Texas. You know, they took a day off. Um, the way the way these players responded in practice in the film room, uh, you know, and the way they they were even talking after the game Saturday, they feel pretty confident that this loss isn't going to send them into a spiral so much as it's going to galvanize them. It's just they have some hard lessons that they have to learn. I mean, they they mm. need to know that every every little thing matters. Like you can't you can't cut corners when the margins are this thin, and the margins are very thin in the Big Twelve because of how deep this league is, because of how talented this league is. You know, they're, they're still in a good position to you know make it to the postseason, but they can't let these losses snowball. They need to get back on track, and now you have to go on the road and do it. And yeah. we've, we've discussed right. again and again how hard it is to win on the road in this league. And you have two road games this week, which are, you know, they're essentially pick them. So Oklahoma's going to be an underdog in both of them, but they're, you know, both they're back. Big, yeah, they're gettable. Yeah. yeah, they're gettable games on the road. So we'll see how they respond. But, I mean, it, it, man, it, it was a tough week for them uh, from, you know, your worst loss of the season, losing at 15 at home to your rival, which is, you know, even on your, you know, your NCAA tournament sheet. It's your first quad two loss, so it is your on paper your worst loss of the season. Then you go and let a golden opportunity against a you know real quality team slip slip through your fingers at home too. It's just man, it, it it's 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 tough. Mm -hmm. I, I was I was out at you know at uh, Millwood and Dale. I, they had a basketball game out there. I was talking about seeing Dayton Forsythe, the OU uh, signee, coming in next year for the men's basketball team, and I was showing highlights of him you know tomahawk dunking with two hands. And under the comments, it was just like, we needed him tonight. We needed him tonight. That's what everybody kept saying. I was like, yeah. that, that can't that can't be good. Something must have happened. That was that was for the Texas game, obviously. So uh, OU was leading a lot of that, you know, last game against Texas Tech. So I mean, it, it was just okay, wow, that's that's not a good sign. So two in a row dropping those. I mean, it's 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 a home game. It's, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, losing yeah. home games is tough. Um, you know, I hate to say it because he's been so good, but Javen McCollum really let him down uh, in this game. I mean, he only had seven points, two of eleven from the field. You're just not going to be good teams with Jay McCollum. He needs to just give you more on the offensive end. And it's been a bit of a struggle for him in Big 12 play. He's still adjusting. He comes from Siena up to the Big 12. That's a huge jump. And uh, it's catching up to him a little bit. Um, I mean, he's the been true. Too. Yeah, right, right. I mean, and he, They took him out for yeah. a big stretch there late in the game because they were trying to get their defense corrected with, you know, 
Los and Otega and Rivaldo Suarez in there in that lineup. And like you, you Javion proved during the you know non conference stretch and early in conference play that you know he can be that guy. But like you said, they need more from him on both ends of the court right now. No, and that that segues nicely too into what I was going to bring up next, which was I was struck in post game by Porter Moser's kind of directness in saying, I mean, he said verbatim, the problem with this team right now, we got too many of us that are letting off the gas defensively in the second half. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, is he talking about JV McComb? It certainly felt like it, you know, watching the game because he, you, like you said, he kind of pulled him out. He seemed very frustrated with him throughout the game, letting your offense dictate your defense, which he kind of said was the opposite, you know, of um, what he said about for the Texas game, opposite mm-hmm. of the usual issue. It's usually the other way is the problem. You feel like maybe that was kind of happening a little bit uh, in this game. Rivaldo Suarez was was so good. Um, he's been awesome. And he is kind of the opposite has been true. I'm saying from McCullough making that jump from Siena. The opposite has kind of been true from Suarez, who came from Oregon, right? And another power conference, not quite the league of the Big 12, but there's really good basketball out there. And he has seemed much more comfortable with it. Like, he, he has never seemed overwhelmed. He didn't play great those two road losses to TCU and Kansas, but it, I don't think that was as much of a – he just didn't play well. I don't think it was like an outmatched thing. He's been so good. He led them with 19 points, 10 boards. He was crashing the boards everywhere, had some nice passes. And then he's also one of those kind of like leader guys they need. After the game, he gets into post game and he says, you know, we need to get that chip on our shoulder back. Like, we were not supposed to be any good. We were picked, you know, right at the bottom of the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Like, we need to – Texas Tech wanted it more than us tonight is what he said post game. You know, and that that's 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 bold statement, something you need sometimes from, from one of your older players. So – I'm excited to see how they bounce back. They did a lot of good things. Like I said, they did a lot of good things. It didn't feel like the Texas game to me in that respect. Right. After the Texas game, it really felt like that was bad. And I left the Tech game thinking that was that hurts. That stings to let that get away. But I didn't feel like they played poorly. It was more just they didn't play well enough. And I'm, I'm glad he said that because that just means complacency is the issue here. I mean, yeah. Porter Mosher is also saying the, def- the defense is getting worse in the second half. I mean, that's just being complacent. I mean, you, you're feeling comfortable about yourself and, uh, you know, you, you, you're, you're believing you're, you're believing all the hype about yourself. You know, if you get that that gritty, that grittiness back that you got beforehand, the underdog mentality, you know, that Baker Mayfield did use all throughout his Oklahoma career. I mean, you use that underdog mentality, you play you play better. I mean, I think if they they all seem to know what the issue is now. So now it's just putting it together yeah. on the court. Yeah, and, and with Rivaldo, real quick, um, like before the season, like I, I know some people that have been around Oregon basketball, and I was asking them about him, and you know, one of them said that you know he has the skill set to, you know, some some games he will look like the best player on the court, and that's what we saw the other night. And there's other games where he's just gonna look like a like a, like a guy, like a rotation piece, but you know, he he's put together some solid performances. This is by far the best we've seen from him on both ends of the floor. You said, you know, the 19 points, uh, several of those during that, you know, 21 to two run uh, in the first half when they uh, got back into it, 10 rebounds, um, had, a, had a really nice block, a few assists. I mean, that, that's the type of game you need from someone off your bench. And like you said, a, a guy who, you know, even though he's new to Oklahoma, he's new to the Big 12, he is a, you know, a major program transfer. He's played at Oregon. Yeah. So he, he, he knows what it takes to kind of win these kind of grinded out games that you know maybe a JV on McCollum uh doesn't know how to you know and doesn't have the experience to do yet because he came from a smaller program like Siena. John Hughley similar as yeah. well like very well you know again was a really good player in the ACC led the conference rebounding two years ago um 
he's been really good as of late. And Sam Gallagher had a nice bounce back game, but Hughley's been really quite solid. And he was very good again on Saturday. Tom, I'm going to throw something out there and let me know if it, if you agree, disagree, where, where you're at. Am I crazy for thinking maybe we should give some of Latre Darthard's minutes to Caden Cooper? Because the, mm. the Darthard experiment, it's not going well. Mm. Um, he's kind of got that same thing with McCollum, the jump. I mean, he came from low level, Utah Valley. Um, he does some nice things for you. He plays hard on defense. He can hit a three occasionally, but not consistently enough. I'm kind of wondering, is it Caden Cooper time? Is it Caden Cooper time? Give me some some Cooper minutes just to add a little something because I just don't know what Darthur's giving you right now. It's not that, you know, he he's a very good interview. We like him. He's mature and stuff like that. And he does some good. He's had some games where he's been really useful, but they're kind of becoming few and far between. And it's like he just – I wish they had one more little bit of pop off that bench because Hughley and Suarez are doing a great job. And it's like when Darthur's not bringing it, the bench feels so different. I don't know. I, I don't if you're talking about mixing something up, where were you in? I hadn't really thought about that one yet, but here's the, I, I think Latre's been solid enough on defense that, you know, again, defense was the issue the other night. Like sure. you, you you need that defensive tenacity. Um, if you think Caden Cooper can defend at a high level in the Big 12, maybe you start working him in there, seeing what he can do. Um but yeah, I, I hadn't given it too much thought to this point. Right. I, 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 I agree. Latre's been streaky. Yeah. Um, he 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 hit he hit a big three um, in the second half. I think it was, I think he hit that three right before the Otega away uh, steal and dunk. That when when they got out to that nine point lead in the so, second yeah, half, he had one three. I think that yeah. Was um, so I mean, it was a timely three. Um, he generally plays good defense. But yeah, I, I think he has been streaky. And if like you're looking for a little little pop, I mean. Maybe Caden. I mean, we heard, yeah. we heard Los. Uh, I know. I was thinking that same thing. Yeah, because you know, I, I asked. You know, we were talking to him about uh, Jalen Moore, um, kind of how just like springy and explosive he is, just because you know they're always throwing him lobs. He's throwing down some ridiculous dunks. Asked him, you know, is he the most you know explosive guy on this team? And without hesitation, he was like, "No, Caden Cooper." Yeah, I know. I was surprised by that. I mean, yeah, like you said, no, like no, like he just brushed that off, like and like Jalen Moore said. He's an alien. I mean, that yeah. guy can jump out of the building. So for him with no hesitation, no, Caden Cooper, that's pretty crazy. I'd like to see him get out there. I'm not saying you don't play Darker at all, right. but, you know, especially on nights where it's like, okay, he doesn't have it offensively. He's bricking threes. Maybe, maybe give the young guy a little bit of run. I don't know. Yeah. He doesn't have a right shirt. That's not a thing. I mean, he's played. Yeah. There is no, like, football where you play a little bit. You can still save. But you play it all, you burn it, which doesn't make any sense that the difference is in the sport. So he's already burned it. So – I don't know. See what, see what he's got. That's just my. Yeah. I mean, I, I I wouldn't be surprised to see it at some point. It's just, it's just so hard, especially in conference play, to run more than eight guys in a rotation. And I mean, we've seen Luke Northweather come in yeah. here or there for a couple of little stints. Sure. It, it's just so hard to distribute those minutes without like throwing everything kind of out of rhythm. Um, right. I don't know. We'll see. We will see. And, uh, as it stands right now, it's 11 in the morning, so the poll, eight people will come out for another hour. We'll see how far they tumble. Um, should still be ranked, but they'll, they'll take a dip after a couple home losses. And uh, this week, two road games at Kansas State on Tuesday, at UCF on Saturday. Like Tom said, both are gettable. I mean, those are so – every team in the Big 12 is pretty solid, um, at least at least solid. And those are going to be tough places to play. The Octagon of Doom is always rocking. 
But if you play well, you feel like you probably have a chance to win. So we'll see. You know, this uh, you can kind of wash away this a little bit with two road wins, and you can feel like you're really back on track. So we'll see. We'll see where they go from here. Um, K State next up on Tuesday night. As for the women, James, they keep winning. Um, they won again at home. It wasn't pretty. Kansas isn't especially great. Um, it was kind of an ugly game, lower scoring than Jenny Bronchek's teams are used to. Definitely. But they they found a way to get it done. They ground it out. They're 7-1 in the Big 12 play now. Pretty wild. I mean, what, what can you say? They keep finding ways to win. And that's Man, kind of the best way to put it right now. And they're, they're, they use, like we, like we talked about last time, those first four games, you know, facing the newcomers and things like that, they use that and just – it's just been catapulting them to where they are now. They because right. that non-conference schedule was tough for a reason. I mean, Jenny told us they're going to schedule tough. They're always going to do that in the non-conference section, and so they kind of had those games to to figure some things out. And then they they got you know on a roll now against those non-conference te- those you know newcomers in the in the conference teams. And so you know getting to this point, I mean, it's just like everybody's caught their stride. Lexi Cage is shooting well, and Peyton Verhoes is shooting well, and and Skyler. I mean. She she's the bona fide star now. This team. I mean, it, it, she coming off the bench last year to now being where she's at now. I mean, it's incredible. She's been leading them almost every night in scoring and and doing it. You know, doing well on the boards as well. I mean, it's just it's been outstanding. Tot had a you know record setting performance against Texas, mm-hmm. something that hadn't been done in twenty five years. I mean, it's, they're they're just playing really well now. And so now you got to you have the seven and one big con- you know Big Twelve conference ranking. I mean, I mean conference record. Excuse me. And then you, you got to go against Kansas State now, who is, you know, probably the, the best in the conference. I mean, I mean they're they're twenty and one as of right now. They won yeah, fourteen in a team. row. Yeah. I mean, it's it's incredible how good they are. I mean, that's that's the only team that's beaten OU, you know, during this run in the conference play. I mean, so you get a chance and give another shot at them and see, you know, where you're at. I mean, OU is eight and two at home. So I mean, having them at home should help. Hopefully, the OU can get more fans out there. I mean, they they upset Texas, who's a number ten team. So. There, there's there's possibilities for it to happen. You can you can upset another team, and you're at home, so you have the advantage there. Let, let's see what happens, man. This this team is is starting to pull things together, and they're looking really good in conference. I mean, they, they won conference last year, they, they, so it's it's pretty good for them right now. Definitely, and uh, I'm looking forward to that game on Wednesday. Yeah, coming mm-hmm. in, Kansas State's a top five team, like you said, coming into Lloyd Noble Center. That's gonna be that's a fun one. That's one and two in the Big Twelve right there. So yeah, we'll see what. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure fans will get out there. That that that's going to be a pretty fun one right there. And mm-hmm. you know, you've gone. It's crazy because you've gone from you know a month ago. You're thinking kind of a rebuilding year for Jenny. Lost a lot from last year's team. Kind of a transition. They'll get back on track here before too long, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. To they're at the top of the Big Twelve right there. They win yeah. this game. They're you know tied for first, and mm-hmm. you're thinking certainly getting back to the tournament again, probably. So turnaround's been pretty pretty incredible and uh that was like i said wasn't the prettiest game in the world but you got to find a way to win it's a cliche but it's true you got to find a way to win when you're not playing your best and that's what they did uh, on saturday with that kansas game so nice win there and we'll uh, keep an eye on how they do huge game on wednesday it's kansas state that's gonna be a uh, fun to watch at the it's, lnc it's yeah. crazy how i mean these two teams the men's the men's and the women they're just like polar opposites throughout yeah, the season. Opposite, like yeah. it just like it, it's crazy you know the women they can't both start, be hot at the same time yeah it's, it's it's like it's like wow i mean yeah. Well, eventually it'll happen. Hopefully it'll happen. Well, they both got Kansas State this week, so uh, yeah. it's a big uh, opportunity for both to to get some wins over the the purple purple cats. Ema. All right, I think that's it. Um, we'll be back on Thursday. Colin and I recapping, like I said, all the Junior Day stuff. If there's any hatchet hanging out there, I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about it one way or another. Either they got him or they didn't or whatever. So we'll talk about that. We'll get the latest on that on Thursday, and uh, certainly 
what he's been doing at the Shrine Bowl, other OU crew news. I'll also give my thoughts on the Kansas State game on Tuesday as well. Mm-hmm. Pack show on Thursday coming up. Kind of busy times. We're moving into February by next show on Thursday. We're getting close. Spring ball and uh, all that good stuff is right around the corner. Basketball's heating up. Bracketology, things like that. So be sure to keep up with us on the site, Oklahoma.247sports.com. Subscribe. It's a great time to do it. Become a VIP member. All that good stuff. Do you have something, Tom? Okay, I thought you. I thought you were. Sitting I, I, I saw it too. Yeah, I don't know what's going I on. I just wanted to add something. Make sure I didn't leave you hanging. That's it for now. We'll be back on Thursday with CK for Tom Green, James E. Jackson. I'm Josh Calloway. We'll see you guys then for the next edition of the Sooners Illustrated podcast. See you.